Isaiah chapter 53 and verse 1. Who hath believed our report? And to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? For he shall grow up before him as a tender plant and as a root out of a dry ground. He hath no form nor comeliness. And when we shall see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. He is despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised, and we esteemed him not. Surely he hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted, wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised iniquity. Our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we are healed. We're going to read only to that point today. I want us to think on that fifth verse, particularly the phrase that says he was bruised for our iniquities. He was bruised for our iniquities. I want us to think briefly this morning on the bruising of the Lord. The bruising of the Lord as we prepare our hearts to come to his table. But before we go further, let's just ask the Lord to meet with us. Father, now we pray that you will bless the word of God. We pray that thou will teach us and help us to see that which is true of Christ, that which is true of our own hearts, and that which is the remedy for all that stands against us through the wounding, the bruising, and the death of the Lord Jesus. We pray that you will bless now this time. pray that you will give us the help of the Holy Spirit. Lead us on, we pray, for Jesus' sake. Amen. Our text this morning is very familiar. Probably everything that will be said this morning has been said, and many times before. However, as this is a service of remembrance, then the giving of our minds again to what is the foundation stones of truth and life will serve us very well. My subject this morning is this. The Lord Jesus was bruised for our iniquities. The word bruised can literally be understood crushed. The weight of the blow that the Lord Jesus received was so great that there was not just a surface wound that produced a black and blue witness to the blow. Rather, the idea is that the blow was of such monumental proportion 
that there was an utter pounding which left no strength to stand. There was an utterly broken victim with wounds that were both irreparable and permanent. Further, the point that must be remembered is that the bruising referred to here is that which involves the greatest pain imaginable. This bruising, this crushing was punitive. The pain was the just due for the crimes of the worst sort. There was the crushing of an enemy and the destruction of a hated foe in this bruising. Now Christ himself was not that enemy. And his person was not to be counted as a foe to any. Rather, he was the lamb that received the same knife and fire that should have been experienced by those in whose place he stood. But the bruising of which we read may seem to be to us entirely an external blow to the person of the Lord Jesus. But I suggest this morning that the greatest bruising that truly proved crushing was the bruising of the heart from which flowed the blood and the water. His heart was bruised to the point of breaking. I want us to think on that this morning. I want us to think about how he was bruised and I want us to think that, and most particularly, these were not the wounds that came to him as a general thing, but these bruisings were caused by you and me, specifically, personally, particularly. So my subject is this, the bruising of the Lord Jesus was an utter, satisfactory, and final bruising. None belonging to him would be bruised thereafter. So I want us to think again on the bruising of the Lord Jesus and note a couple of things prepare our hearts to come to the table. The first thing I want you to see with me that is obvious from the is that his bruises were the bruises of an offended God. His bruises were the bruises of an offended God. Now, I think we surely have, a, have considered this and probably many times. God was utterly offended. And God counted what he saw laid on the Lord Jesus as an absolute, utter, and intolerable blasphemy. Christ wore <clears throat> the sins of man. Now I would say right up front at this point, the awfulness and the pride of sin, the stench of sin, the pollution of sin, the stain of sin. All of these things are quite beyond 
our ability to know. You never, and this is God's grace and mercy to you, you never know how filthy, dirty your sin really is. I think if you and I were ever to really see what it is to sin against God, I don't know that we'd be able to stand it. I think perhaps it might even destroy us or drive us to the place where we'd want to destroy ourselves. We don't see what God saw. But I want you to understand that though God was offended by our sins, here in these words we do not see an enraged reaction of God. For that would entail a God whose mind does not know that he is sovereign. Absolute sovereignty does not need nor ever knows rage. Now I will distinguish that from purposeful wrath and justified anger. Rage is that which is usually uncontrollable. That's never the case with our God. But at the same time, I want you to see with me that the scriptures tell us that we must note that the Lord God was pleased to bruise him. You say, really? Yes. Further in Isaiah 50, verse 10, it says plainly, Yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. Well, what does that suggest? Well, I think it suggests three things. First, I think this is perhaps the one that you and I would come up with most readily. The first thought that comes is that God the Father saw the healing of a covenant people. And the everlasting good that would come through the work of the Lord Jesus. And it pleased him. So the, our, the Lord God was pleased to bruise Christ because he saw the good, the mercy, the life, the salvation that would come from it. But I also want you to see in a that in the Lord Jesus, that day in which he was made sin, God saw the enemy. God saw the enemy. He saw sins of the saints. He saw our rebellion. He saw our blasphemies. All these were gathered together. All of these stood, as it were, in the face of God, open and completely observable to the divine eye. And all these stood together on the shoulders of Christ. And God Almighty was pleased to ring the hammer of judgment on the end of justice. He was pleased to crush the head of the serpent. He was pleased to crush our enemy. He was pleased to, as it were, put sin to death. He was pleased to bruise 
that which was the enemy of the sin uh, of the souls of the saints of God, he was pleased to bruise what was in his eyes the gathering of the enemy. And then third, I believe indeed we have in these words indicated that God the Father saw the fulfillment of an eternal covenant. Christ had, by going to the cross and being made sin, he had fulfilled the will of God. And the Father was pleased to bring the final parts of that covenant made between Father and Son to pass. Here is the eternal covenant of redemption being outworked. Here is the perfect fulfillment of all the conditions of what was agreed to in the course of eternity past. The Father was pleased, as it were, that the part that deals with the removal of sins should be complete. The covenant is now fulfilled. The work is done. Or as the Savior himself said, it is finished. To remember the Lord's death. But we are here to remember even more specifically what he died for and how that death was in accord with the will of God. Christ died according to the scriptures. He died according to the revealed mind and will of God. Christ died in accord with the agreement from everlasting. And it pleased the Father to bruise him. God was an offended God. But he also was a God that was pleased to fulfill all the covenant agreement. Second, his were the bruises of an offending people. His were the bruises of an offending people. We have to note that fallen man was a very present part of the bruising of the Lord Jesus. Now, we think of that scene. We think of that day at Calvary. Remember those that were around the cross. We remember those who erected the cross and those who were the ones that actually caused the Lord Jesus to be crucified. But I will say, though the Roman soldiers were the immediate means of the outward brooding of Christ, they were a very small part of the matter. If you were to read verse 6 of Isaiah 50, the very last phrase says, And the Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. The words of us all. Along with the words in verse 5, transgressions, iniquities, chastisements, and stripes suggest that the strongest blows against the Son of God 
were in fact our acts of law-breaking. The Lord Jesus suffered because we bruised him each time we broke the law of God. And he had to bear it. I'm going to let you think about that for a second. Your sins, each one, each time, though you and I oftentimes will sin mindlessly, or we count our sinning against God as just some small matter, the truth of the issue is that our sins crushed Christ. We bruised him. The matter that you and I lately pass over was bruising to Christ. What harm our sins do. The natural man does not know that harm really. Maybe in some small proportion. But he really doesn't know the harm that sins do until it's too late. You and I, by the mercies of God, oftentimes never really understand what our sins really do. Because the Lord in mercy has laid them on the Lord Jesus. He took our stripes. He took our... And we live without. And we oftentimes go mindlessly, frivolously through this life, continuing in our ways, not really understanding and thinking that our sins were those blows that actually crushed the Lord Jesus. His were the bruises of an offended God. His were also the bruises of an offending people. And then third, his were the bruises of an eternal covenant. Now I previously mentioned that, but I want to be more specific. The scriptures tells us that he was the lamb slain from the foundation of the world. You say, what does that mean? Simply this, that the bruises that the Lord Jesus would endure were known bruises. There was no surprise in these wounds. Holding back on the part of the Lord Jesus, full submission to them. Each bruise that he would know were well known by him before they ever came. They all came to be known by him at Calvary in the full. The Lord Jesus saw what our sins would do to him. He knew the crushing that he would endure. And we might say that each was owned beforehand. It must come to him. Not only was a people given to Christ by covenant, but bruises were given to Christ by covenant. And the Lord Jesus agreed. And he owned them. And he says, in the light of that, I delight to do thy will, O God. Lo, 
in the volume of the book it is written of me. His bruises were the bruises of an eternal covenant. And then my last thought before we get to the Lord's table is this. His were the bruises of a successful Savior. The scriptures mention our peace. That he brought to us our peace. Well, we might ask you, how can that happen when Ephesians chapter 2 verse 16 tells us that we are at enmity with God, that there's a wall that is built up between us and God. How is it then that what you're saying uh, correlates that we are at peace with God and yet we're at enmity with God. There's a wall between us that separates us from ourselves and our God. Well, I would suggest it this way, and this is somewhat picturesque, but I would still suggest it. And that is that each bruise laid on Christ was a stone removed from the wall of offense that separated us from God. We are now brought nigh by the blood of Christ. Christ tore down that wall of enmity which was between us. He took every stone in that wall. And as it were, he took it to himself. Each stone bruising him as he did so. But he did that. There might be action. of the veil. And now those who can come right in before the throne the throne of grace to find mercy and find help in time of need. We are those who are now completely welcomed before the throne of God. Why? Because the Lord, Je- Lord Jesus lifted away all that was against us. Each massive bruising after another that the Lord Jesus knew was the removal of that which stood between God and each saint. We might ask the question, we might just contemplate, it might be worthwhile for us to think about this, how large was the bruise left by any of your sins? How did your sin actually, as a great stone of the wall that was between us and God, how did that stone strike Christ? The scriptures tell us again, he, again, I want, you to stre- I want to stress with you, this word bruised is the word crushed. Oh, may you understand your sins crushed Christ. But not destroy him. And he makes the statement. In fact, we read it this morning from John chapter 16. I have overcome the world. What's that mean? The world has that could possibly be against God and against my people. I've overcome. I am the victor. I am the successful one who now goes to my father and presents You wonder if there wasn't also when the scriptures tells us that nailed to the cross of Christ was the handwriting of ordinances that was against us. Every stone has been remembered, it's been recorded, it's been listed, it's nailed to the cross, it stays there. You wonder whether the Lord Jesus says, now I'm going to list those that I have redeemed. Here's the list. Furthermore, the Lamb's book of life held up God these were bruisers at one time, but now they are beloved. 
They were the worst. But now they are the wife. They're gone. It pleased the Lord to bruise him. It pleased the Lord that this whole work bruising Christ with the sins of the people of God and the resulting judgment of God was a pleasure to the heart and mind of God. Well, indeed, may the Lord bless us. May we truly come to the table now. May our thoughts and minds be, Lord, I remember. And now I worship. Bless us. For Jesus' sake.